Welcome to the Rebel Heart Coaching Podcast, where BSN registered nurse, integrative health practitioner, and board certified life coach Samantha Shatek teaches you how to go beyond managing your circumstances and start intentionally creating a life you love using her proven strategies. Hi there. How are you today? My friend, I am so good and I'm so happy to be recording this episode today. We are talking about dopamine. I'm going to give you the DL on dopamine and where we get it, how we get it, and how we can get it from somewhere that's healthier for us. This is the first in a four-part series about all of the feel-good hormones that help us feel alive and joyful. And those hormones are, of course, we're talking about dopamine today. And then we're going to be talking about serotonin, oxytocin, and endorphins. These little neurochemicals have been on my mind because they affect so much of what we do and how we feel. And being a science nerd at heart, I love talking about chemicals and just been thinking a lot about what is dopamine and where do we get it and how a lot of times dopamine, either if it's too high or too low, can contribute to a lot of addictions and a lot of issues. Let's go. Let's dive in. So just to start, Dopamine is a chemical released in the brain. It's a neuromodulatory or what we can call a neurotransmitter. It's released in the brain and it makes you feel good. So having the right amount of dopamine is important for your body and brain. And it's a huge part of your ability to be able to think and plan. Now, dopamine also helps nerve cells be able to send messages to each other and either too much or too little can have really negative consequences. Dopamine affects many parts of our behavior and our functions. For example, it affects learning and our motivation, and it affects our heart rate and blood vessel function, as well as our kidney function. It also is an influence in lactation, as well as sleep, and it does contribute to our mood, as well as attention, and it also has something to do with our control of nausea and vomiting, as well as our pain process and movement. So it affects a lot of different things. Studies have found that when our dopamine gets too high, it can increase anxiety and also it can contribute to an extra high libido or sex drive, as well as you can have trouble sleeping sometimes if your dopamine is too high. And I want you to remember that because I think that's going on with a lot of folks right now. It can increase our energy in ways that are excessive, like as in mania, it can contribute to stress. But also, there is a positive effect where uh, too much can increase focus, but in a way that's maybe not healthy with the other effects that are going on in, in conjunction with increasing that focus. Now, lower levels of dopamine, we're talking low levels below what would be considered normal, are definitely linked at this point that we know of with Parkinson's disease. 
also with restless leg syndrome and contribute to depression. Although depression is complex and there's several chemicals involved, dopamine is a player in uh, low mood and depression. And also if it's too low, it can make you feel tired and moody, emotionally low and unmotivated as well as some other symptoms. Dopamine is known as the reward chemical because it is involved in our motivation and our reward-driven behavior. So for example, if you score a goal or hit a target or achieve even the smallest task, you get a hit of dopamine. And so how it works, it works by anticipating rather than necessarily creating good feelings. And it plays an important role in reinforcement and motivation. Basically, one way that's positive to increase our dopamine levels is to be able to chunk our big goals down into smaller parts. So one easy way that I recommend boosting your dopamine first thing in the morning in a healthy way is to just do one task that's on your list. And that could be, you know, meditating for two minutes or doing a stretch or whatever is on your to-do list, even if that's like doing one thing for work, you know, just little tiny goals that you can check off. It will give you that little boost of dopamine to your brain and it'll help you be more motivated and alert then during the day as that dopamine builds. So besides completing a task, self-care is a huge dopamine reward center also eating food. And that's why we crave a lot of food, sugary food, things that have high concentrations of sugar. And I'll talk about that a little bit here in a moment. But a lot of foods have some normal and healthy levels of dopamine and then certain foods and the types and quantities we're eating give us too much dopamine. And also celebrating little wins. So that's where having little positive rewards for your goals. Or if you're a manager or someone who could reward employees, celebrating is a huge part of giving that dopamine hit. Um, There was a study done about high-fiving. And basically, when we're celebrating with a high-five, it increases the dopamine and connection even more. So if you're working on a team of people or with kids, High fives and celebrating wins can be a great way to healthily increase that dopamine. Some other ways to add dopamine to your brain and to increase it in healthy ways is getting enough sleep. Also, exercising is huge on that list. And just to let you know, some of these things that I'm mentioning that are healthy are also will contribute to some of the other neurotransmitters as well. But we're going to talk about this in each episode. We'll go through each one. But I'm just talking about dopamine right now. So they found that listening to music that you love can increase uh, several of the neurochemicals. But specifically, if you're listening to instrumental music, and especially if you're listening to that music and you get chills, that really sends a, a good hit of dopamine to your brain. They found that meditation and how your consciousness shifts when you meditate will create a release of dopamine. Spending time in the sun, that's another one, and in nature, as well as a healthy diet, kind of touched on that a little bit, and focusing and achieving small tasks, which we already talked about, and also 
a big one that increases not only dopamine, but all of the other three neurochemicals is getting a massage, releases all four chemicals in the body. In our modern world right now, a huge problem is that we now can get an excess of dopamine in highly concentrated amounts almost anywhere at any time and sometimes with just a click of a button. And so that becomes really dangerous and tempting for us to be able to get dopamine excessively. Drugs like cocaine, for example, will cause a big, fast, rapid increase of dopamine. That's why people feel so good on it. And it definitely satisfies your natural reward system. But the way that this is absorbed, it's just way more concentrated than what we were designed to handle. And the same goes for eating sugar. You know, our ancestors, they perhaps would have maybe had an occasional handful of fruit or berries or a root vegetable, or maybe very infrequently, depending on where they lived in the season, would have a little tiny bit of honey. I mean, honey was considered such a delicacy, and it was very infrequent. And not only was sugar consumed less, but when it was consumed, it was consumed in a natural form, and it was distributed slowly and evenly into our bloodstream. Because if you think about it, If you're eating a berry or if you're eating a root vegetable, then the fiber in the fruit and in the vegetable slows down the absorption of sugar. So it regulates the speed at which the sugar would be let into your bloodstream. And therefore, it would regulate how the dopamine is trickling into your brain in a slow sort of even manner. But now we are basically mainlining sugar and dopamine right into our systems 24-7. We have such highly concentrated sources of sugar that are easy to obtain like soda, candy, packaged foods. It's everywhere. It's even in things that we think should be healthy like some of our organic dressings or coffee creamers. It's really in sneaky places. And so when we do the drug or ingest the sugar, it raises our threshold for pleasure and it then skews your own brain and body's natural set point. So what this means is that then now you need to have this much more of the thing that made you have that much dopamine in order to feel that same way, to feel that same high and to feel the same intensity of that reward. But in the meantime, when we are hijacking our natural system with drugs or concentrated substances or technology and media and other addictions, we make our own bodies less able to be able to produce dopamine naturally, and it really skews our system. So then if we try to stop eating sugar or if we try to stop doing the drugs or if we try to take a break from social media we'll often feel depressed because we have these emotional lows. And even though they would be temporary, it's really difficult to navigate because our body is recalibrating and not getting the high concentration of dopamine reward that it's used to. And so it feels depleted and without. So we go through this inevitable phase of what feels probably like a depression or a lack of motivation. And so then it becomes harder 
to seek dopamine from healthy sources because in this modern culture, we're so exposed and it's so accessible to get dopamine hits everywhere whenever we want it. Another contributing factor is technology and social media. It is definitely contributing to the unnatural levels of dopamine. It's creating quite the addiction, for example, to likes or comments because this triggers our reward system as well. Then we get a reward of a like or a comment and we want to keep posting and scrolling and we want to keep commenting and liking and we're doing this and it feels good. But it's again, because we can be on social media all day if we wanted to. It's hijacking our body's natural rhythms and set point and really hijacking the dopamine system as far as receptors and our set point go. Other things that may be pleasurable, that may not be healthy for us, usually in the form of most likely an addiction, such as uh, sex or shopping, and the shopping can be online or in person, binging Netflix to the extreme, gambling, basically all the things that we do to get a hit of dopamine and to feel good, we keep going back to those things which creates more of an addiction. And we're usually doing this to distract or what I call buffer from emotions or difficult feelings that we don't want to feel or from like pain emotionally or physically in our bodies. So we use these substances and it's true, smelling cookies and having a bite of a cookie or having a whole cookie or having a whole pan of cookies It is going to make you feel really good temporarily, but then when you crash, the lows are really low and it's not an even, sets us up for a yo-yo type of mood and energy feeling. So we're going to crave more cookies. We're going to crave more social media. And unless we are mindful about our consumption and about our buffering habits, we're going to continue on this cycle. And so here is the deal. We cannot get around the fact that we all need dopamine. We need it to be motivated and to function and to seek things out and to want to strive. But we're getting the dopamine, most of us, I'm willing to bet, and I'm guessing that most of us are getting too much dopamine from sources that aren't necessarily that healthy. So The whole point is when we can be conscious about what we're doing right now to get it and just being honest with yourself, and if it's unhealthy or in excess, we can then intentionally decide on purpose where you want to get it and how you want to get it that would be healthier for you and also more conducive and productive for your goals and more in alignment with your values. For example, if you're not conscious, and you're eating cookies as a way to get dopamine, you're just going to keep doing that because your body needs dopamine. Your brain wants dopamine. That's never going to change. But if you become conscious about how you're getting it and know what your options are, the sooner you can then change that habit or pattern and know what's happening in your body and know that you're still getting it. One example I like to give is that doing something that you're working towards or a goal, even if it's hard, is such a dopamine producer. For example, if you're training for a marathon or if you're trying to write a book 
or even smaller tasks, the fact that you complete little steps along the way, for example, if you're training for a marathon and you just, you've never ran and you run for two minutes for your very first run, that's going to give you a dopamine hit because you're on your way to a goal and you completed a task. So what I'm suggesting is how can you get your dopamine from somewhere that's actually going to serve you and be more healthy for you? And how can you set your life up so that you're creating tasks and focused goals that you can check off for yourself first thing in the morning? And I love to suggest a self-care routine that maybe includes meditation or music or some physical movement, even if it's just light stretching, is a really good way to increase that dopamine first thing in the morning. So my question for you today is where are you getting your dopamine now? And just be honest about that. Do you feel like it's healthy for you? And do you like where you're getting it? If you don't like how you're getting it, what is your plan to change? In other words, what can you commit to just maybe one or two things that you will do or implement instead in order to give yourself more healthy, constant doses of dopamine rather than surges of excessive amounts that are throwing your body off kilter. And hey, look, like we are human and life is sometimes tough. So it's not to say that you're not going to have a cookie or watch Netflix. But what I'm talking about here is are you doing it excessively? And are you doing it at the sacrifice of something that you want to be doing or something else and sacrificing your health, your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health? You know, if you check in, I bet you know where there's an area, maybe you're on social media too much and you want to just reduce that. And maybe you want to focus more on the project that you're working on. Maybe it's a project around the house. Maybe it's a work project. Maybe it's a creative project that you've had brewing for quite some time. Maybe you want to start on that and reduce something else. So I hope that you're getting your dopamine from somewhere healthy. And if you're not, it's okay. Don't beat yourself up. Just take a look at where you're at now because that's how change happens. When we can admit where we're at and be conscious of how we're getting it or not getting it, that will help you decide consciously, how do I want to get my dopamine? Because you need it. It's not an option. You need dopamine in your system. It's a matter of where and how and how much. I hope that helps you in some way shed some light on your bodacious dopamine neurochemical. And in the meantime, I love you. And I'm proud of you for doing the work you're doing. It's not easy, but it's way more delightful to be doing the hard work of growth and self-discovery than remaining complacent and stuck in my humble opinion. I love you all and I'll talk with you next week. And hey, I also want to invite you to join me for my six-month coaching program. I'll work with just you one-on-one and I'm going to help you get the results that I know you can get. I promise your life will be different. Go to www.rebelheartcoaching.com to sign up for a consult today. I'll see you inside.